I have, a hard, I have an easier time when I'm working with what something ain't than what something is. All right, never mind. I, I, I'm, I'm going to. So, so we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about spirit, soul, and body. We're going to talk about you and I. But, you know, you think about the fact that the Scripture says that if you keep love, you fulfill the whole law. Also says that if you fulfill the law, you'll take sickness from the midst of you. So really, the key to walking in health and prosperity is just walking in love. So a step away from love is a step away from God, because God is love. So it really should be a very large primary part of our life to learn something about love. And, you know, for a while, I kind of always thought love was just being nice to people. Well, a little bit more than that. Amen? I want to read a few things out of this book, Mark Hankins, The Secret to success. Again, it ought to be required reading for all young people today. You'll find, if you think for a moment, that the people who influence you the most are people who believe in you. Yeah, yeah. And so, love suffers long. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. We're going to learn something tonight. And we've often changed that word, love suffers long, to the newer New King James Love is patient, and, and it is. And word patient is not like standing in a Walmart line. It actually means to remain constant, not going up and down. But the, but the Spirit of God took me back to this word and, and brought me back to the fact that love suffers. If you, if you walk in love, your flesh will suffer. If your flesh isn't suffering, your spirit man is. All right, back to my, back to my drawing because I know y'all are wanting to know what I'm doing up here. Lately, we've been talking about the fact that if a man is a spirit, has soul, lives in a body. We also learned that the flesh and the spirit never touch. They never connect with each other. You're either walking in the flesh or you're walking in the spirit based on what's happening in your soul. And I added something to this one because a lot of times we, you know, we, we talk about someone being not saved. A not saved person would be Jesus is outside and self is on the throne. Is on the throne, okay. And then this would be a Christian Jesus is on the throne and self is not, but, but what's a flesh Christian? A carnal Christian is when somebody has Jesus in their life, but self's still ruling. Now, I'm going to read something to you, if you do not mind. The other day, I was studying love, and I was reading a book by E.W. Kenyon on love. And I got to tell you that when I got finished, I don't think I was any further ahead than when I started. You ever read something and go, Okay, so I got this idea to come down to the church and get Andrew Womack's book, Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief. If you're having problems in your marriage, I can promise you one thing, you're selfish. <laughs> yeah, you are. Now, what she's saying is it is possible for you to walk in love and have problems, but your flesh is not ruling. Now, 
That means that your, your love walk is up to you, not on your spouse. If you want to live long and live without sickness and disease and get your prayers answered, you're going to need to walk in love, and we're going to study what self-centeredness is. Let me give you another word here. Self-centeredness is self-preservation. That means God's not taking care of me. I'm taking care of me. That's the reason why if you slap me, I'm going to slap you back. What I'm doing is I'm taking care of me. So that's why we have a problem with that scripture that goes, if, if someone slaps you on the cheek, show them the other one, and most men go, I only got two. <laughs> now see, you know, for years I struggled with that because I worked construction. You, you just don't let people punch on you. Okay, thank you all for y'all. All you men understand, you just, you know. And I've only been in two fights since I got saved. I didn't say I had this love. Why do you think I'm studying this thing? The same reason you need to be studying this. So when it says love suffers long, I want you to understand when you choose to love, your flesh will suffer. Now, now here's the problem. We don't like any suffering. So we avoid suffering. That's why we get out of love. That's how you break fellowships, why you stay selfish. Now, You'll begin to see in a minute why this is advantageous for you. Either God is taking care of you or you're taking care of you. If you're taking care of you, you're failing. Y'all get that. See, that, that, that's, the, that's the dividing line there. You know, let me make a statement, and I think, I think this will help you understand this. When you get sick, you have two options, God or the doctor. When the doctors run out, you're going to die unless God intervenes. If you're not walking in love, he's not talking to you. So you say, well, hold on a minute. I'm, you know, the doctors help him. Good. I pray they help him next time. But a quarter of a million people are killed every year by doctors. Medical malpractice. That's way above corona. It scares the heebie-jeebies out of me to go to the hospital. Even with a mask. It's awfully quiet in here. It's okay. We're, it's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in love. Go to Galatians chapter 5 with me. And I'm going to read a few more of these. Anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know the devil is working on you. What about me? Don't tell me you've never said it. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. That's amplified. Let's look at another one. Um, now, this is a brand new book because every time I get one, I lose it, and i got to get a new one. Love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from other people. That's, now, now that's why people go, uh, 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 not on me. Does not force itself on other and is not me first. Oh, that's the message translation. Let's look at another one right here. Y'all get quiet on me. We're going to go two hours tonight. 
the message translation, 1 Corinthians 14.1, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Amen. Now, if you've ever dealt with sickness and disease, that would be enough to cause you to get your love scriptures out and start reading them. Because you're going to find out that, that you getting out of love, you, your body was not designed to handle that. Your body was not designed to handle strife or stress. So sometimes it's better to give something to God and let him fix it. Nobody said that nothing's being done. It's just you're not doing it. All right, all right. Go to Matthew now. No, Galatians chapter 5. I told you to go to Galatians 5. And I want to read this to you because, and I think that a lot of Christians, a lot of times as a born-again Christian, we need to get back over here a little bit and talk a little bit about our flesh. Verse 17, 517. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. If you're led by your spirit, which is where love is, you're not under the law. The works of your flesh are evident. They're adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, Jealousy, outburst of wrath, that means quarreling out loud, thank y'all, selfish ambition, me, 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 dissensions and heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, I tell you, and tell you beforehand, just as I told you in past time, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Long-suffering, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. All right. Now, a lot of times we go, I don't see the benefit. Go to Matthew 22. Go to Matthew 22. Let's just, let's just read it. Read a few scriptures here. Walking in love is the best thing you'll ever do for you. Now, you may not believe that Christians are capable of adultery and murder and lying, but I'm going to tell you they are. I'm going to tell you right now, after you pastor 30 years, I will tell you this, I think I've seen and heard everything. Lady came in my office one day, and she was committing adultery with her husband's best friend. And I said, what did you do that for? She said, I was afraid he'd commit adultery on me so I went ahead and did it first. Now, I wasn't spiritual in walking in love then. I said, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, you just don't tell people that because that's not love. You just say, I don't think you're right. Um, then she wanted to know if I could annul her marriage. I said, well, I don't, you know, I don't think so. 
She said, the Catholics can. And I said, I don't remember seeing Mary anywhere on a cross in, in the building. You might want to go down the street and go back to your Catholic church if you want someone to annul your marriage. See, people do stuff. And, and the fact that even Christians would commit adultery or play around or anything, all of the root of that is selfishness. Eventually, God will judge you for that. He'll judge you for selfishness. Now, you might think, now listen to what I'm going to say right now. You might think that because the other person is wrong, you're justified. Not in the eyes of God, you're not. He might deal with you faster than he does them. Amen? Because, because stepping out of love is still stepping out of God. So rather than to talk about love, 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 I decided to take one scripture because I think that the opposite of love is not hate, it's self. Anytime there's the big, what about me, you're just about to get into sin. What about me? And, and you don't want to know, I've had people come in wanting to talk about, you know, marriage counseling, and the lady has got a list of all of his bad, and he's got a list of all her bad, and neither one of them, I mean, both of them are screaming, he did this to me. He did this to me. But what about me? And, and uh, nobody's listening because the other person is so selfish, they don't care about you. And then you're so selfish, you don't care about them. So you're headed for the divorce courts. I mean, there's nothing anybody can do. Because love is not based on me. It's based on others. God so loved the world, he got up in heaven and said, what about me? No, he didn't, did he? He said, well, you messed it up, but I'm going to get you out of this mess. And so love, love is not always thinking about me. Never thinks about just me. Doesn't mean that you can't think about me. Let's read Matthew 20. Are y'all okay? All right. I'm going to tell you something. This study in the Bible this way has helped me because it's easy for me to spot selfishness in me than love is patient, love is kind, love is not austere. I mean, I'm just like, like this list, and I can't even remember all the words. Does that make sense? But I can spot me going, hey, idiot, get off the road and go back to New York. That was selfish. Oh, father. now see, I can see that. All right. Pity. My mother was the world's greatest pity party pooper. And she taught me real well. It was just common. Now, the reason I showed you that video is because that little boy had a me problem. And, and I'm going to read something to you before we get into this. Can I? Um, are y'all all right? All right. This is out of this book, um, Andrew Womack. I'm not going to read the whole book to you. But this, you know, sometimes when people write I can't say it the way they said it, and they said it so good, I just want to read it. Human beings are selfish creatures by nature. All of us. Don't look at me in that tone. 
Not me. Well, now you're lying. If I want to say this, and all of us, if every one of us in this room not do this one thing, we've all dealt with our flesh. We've all dealt with this. And the faster we stop, the better off the world and everybody else is going to be, including us. All right. Human beings are selfish creatures by nature. As a newborn baby, you came in the world self-centered. Mom labored hours for you. Let me ask you a question. Would that baby get fed if it didn't scream and throw fit? Sure it would, but it doesn't know that. You'll get fed. God will take care of you whether you throw fit or not. I think just stop throwing fits. You don't have to throw a fit to get God to, get you, to pay attention to you. All right. Mom labored several hours for the baby to safely arrive. She was very tired and had been in, in living in a degree of discomfort for quite some time. Perhaps even a couple of nights had passed since she'd gotten into rest. But hey, you don't care. Upon arrival, you announce your demands with a powerful wah! This continues as your parents took you home, got used to you. Every time you felt you had a need, mommy had better be there and you better start letting her know. Feed me now. I need a diaper. Hold me. I don't want to take a bath. I'm tired. You were the very center of the universe. Nobody else existed, and they somehow met your needs. That is expected and acceptable behavior for a baby. But it is not for 20, 40, or 60-year-old believer, and you ought to know by now that there's other people on the planet than you. So I'm going to stop right now. Your job as a parent with your kids, if they're still home, is to get them over self-centeredness before they get married. And if they're not, put a warning sign on them. Because the spouse has got one heck of a job ahead of them to finish what mommy and daddy didn't do. Anybody say amen? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Biblical parenting involves dealing with your children's self-centeredness. Now, I'm going to get a little closer to home. Don't you ever cook three dishes for three different children. You are a one sorry parent. They want black-eyed peas. Everybody gets black-eyed peas. They don't eat black-eyed peas. They go hungry, put them to bed without food. I want this, I want that. Because you want to be their friend. You're not their friend, you're the parent. Listen, you got to get that stuff out of them. You know, I, I was driving down the road one day, and I was going through a man and a woman in this church going through a divorce, and the Lord said to me, if his mother had whooped his butt, they wouldn't be going through this now. Now, I'm just telling you what he said. I think he, he does use the word derriere and sometimes occasionally booty. But he just told me point blank. He said if, if, her, if his mother, didn't have a dad, had torn it up, they wouldn't be going through a divorce. But he got everything he ever wanted until he was 18. Then he got married, walked into a marriage, started demanding everything my way. That didn't last long. The, mo the, the number one reason for poverty is divorce. If you love your money, you better love your wife. Come on, somebody. 
Now, she's going to take about half of it and go find somebody else with some more money. And she's got half of yours and all of his. And she's going to come out on top of this thing. And you're going to be sitting around all by your little lonesome find a, trying to find some woman to put up with your selfish little self. Come on. I mean, men, men, you, men, you out there straighten up one day and just... You know, there, there's a lot of people love to have your wife with all her imperfections. And ladies, there's a lot of women like to have your man. Why don't you just take care of the one you got instead of looking for somebody else's? Okay, never mind. In case I got out of love just now, I just... Biblical parenting involves dealing with your children's self-centeredness. Life is not about being served all the time. Children need to learn that it's in giving that they actually receive. They must be trained to serve others well. Did your parents impart this into your life, and are you building it into your children? Most parents have a tough time addressing their children's self-centeredness because self-centeredness because they never dealt with their own. In the heat of the moment, not correcting juniors seems easier for mom and dad's flesh. A woman in the grocery store shopping with a toddler right in the middle of aisle nine. The child boldly declares, I want that. You don't want me to be there. I offered a lady my belt one day. She did, did not appreciate it one bit. Calmly but firmly, mom says, no, you can't have it. Back and forth they go. His voice rises higher and higher until he screams, I want it. Seeing the need to add more pressure, the toddler throws himself on the floor and continues his temper tantrum. You know what most parents do? They give in to the child's own selfishness to get unwanted attention off of me. Everybody in the store is looking at me. The parent satisfies the child instead of bringing godly correction. When that happened, junior self has been reinforced, and he learns that self can get anything he wants if he throws a fit, and somebody say Seattle. Thank you all. Folk, folk, these are, these are teenagers who, who somebody gave them everything they ever wanted. Come on. I mean, somebody ought to spank them. Now, I heard through the grapevine, and this is the only grapevine, someone up in Washington with some backbone sent in troops, but they were dressed in Antifa shirts and Back Lives Matter shirts. So the kids on the street didn't know that the um, soldiers looked like them. So the soldiers are running down the street, throwing bricks at the windows, come around the corner, grab three or four Antifa boys, and throw them in a van, haul them off. And all of a sudden, some of the kids began to just disappear. And no one sent in the troops, or did they? I didn't tell you all that. They cried. You hurt my feelings. Y'all don't go quiet on me. I got all night long. Are you 30, 50, or 70-year-old brat? Oh, I, I'm, I'm just reading. 
This is Andrew said, I didn't say anything. Still throwing your little temper tantrum to get your way. Listen, listen to this one. Well, I just didn't like the way you said it, and I'm going to take my tithe and go home. Bye. <laughs> Never mind. It's quiet in this church. Do you really think the world's going to change because you throw a fit? No. All right, think about it. Do you pout and withdraw from relations in attempt to punish people? I ain't talking. You know what I think? Good. And quiet's nice. <laughs> I'm too, this too much. I, I, this is Andrew's fault. Call him and go, we didn't really enjoy your sermon tonight. <laughs> and he said, I wasn't there. He said, yeah, you were. All right. Do you persecute people till they come crawling back to you in repentance? Are you a blaster? Soundly giving everyone within earshot a piece of your mind? Or do you slyly and patiently and subtly better suit your retaliatory taste since revenge is better served cold? No matter how you slice it, it's still self-centeredness. It's the big me. You want to know why your spouse didn't get saved? Might be you. Why would he want your Jesus? He can't fix you. Folks, I'm being serious. Jesus didn't act like this. That's not Christianity. You, you need to recognize your anger for what it really is, self-centeredness in action. From the Father's perspective, all of these adult methods amount to nothing more than your kicking and screaming on the floor of aisle nine. Friend, it's time for you to grow up. Folks, if I was one thing that I want the church to do, I really think church should, should do a lot more growing up. Now, let's, let's go to 1 Peter now. Say amen. amen. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2. And someone says, I believe the Bible. Well, we're going to find out. This is the chapter that the Lord used to help straighten me up. Now, I'll tell on me, but I can't tell on Lisa. I can't tell on you. I probably could tell on Tiff a little bit, but I'm not going to. I'll tell on Tiff a little bit, but I don't know really much about her. First Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Look at this. Servants, no, we don't have servants now, but you work for people. Be submissive to your bosses with all fear, not only the good and gentle, but even the ones that are harsh. Can you do it? Apparently you can. Let's read it again. Wives, be submissive to your ugly husband. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. Now, do you want your prayers answered? Is God taking care of you or are you taking care of you? Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you something about men. An unsaved man will pop fire out of you. I didn't say I agreed with it, and I don't agree with it. But you know, running your mouth isn't getting you anywhere. Thank y'all. 
There's a, there's a lot of better ways to deal with this. Why don't you give him to God? And tell you something, God will fix him. But you want to go toe-to-toe with 230 pounds of muscle who's, who's mean as the devil? I don't, no, you don't, want, you don't want this. Okay. All of your screaming at work, all it got you was fired. Nobody, you didn't, the company didn't change after you left. It's quiet in here. This is commendable. If because of conscience toward God, you endure grief and suffer wrongfully. That means that your boss is wrong. Whoever's being mean to you is wrong. But he's telling you suffering is godly. Either this is suffering or this is suffering. Which one do you want to suffer right now? If this guy's on the throne, this guy's going to suffer. If you're walking in love, love suffers and does it for a long, long time. That means you are going to put up with their C. I ain't putting up with you no more. Yeah, you are. Tiffany, I'll just come over there and just, we'll just have a Bible study. <laughs> Tiffany's voicing what, what most of us think and the way I thought for years. Because I thought, I ain't, I ain't no doormat. And you ain't going to run over me because I'm going to let you know you ain't doing it. But after you've been in the hospital almost dead three times, you might you kind of slow down and go, you yeah, come back over here and read this one more time. Because there's times you better get a hold of God. All right, you ready? Now, I'm going to read something to you in a minute. What credit is it when you're beaten for your faults and you take it? When you do good and suffer and you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. To this you are called. I have a call on my life. Yeah, you do. If you're going to be a Christian and you're going to walk with God, your flesh is going to suffer. People are going to mistreat you, and they might even be in the house. Nod and look spiritual. See, this is the one thing. I mean, this is the, I'm doing a good job. If I, if I had to nail it to one area we need to work on, I'm on it. This big me. All right, and I'm going to show you something in a minute. It's going to help you out. You're thinking, you better. Because right now you got us all beat up. For to this you were called, Christ suffered for us, left us an example, and you should follow his steps. Who, was, who committed no sin, nor deceit found in his mouth, and when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, he committed himself to him who judges righteously. All right, now here's how this plays out. Somebody says something, somebody does something, and they did it, they're wrong. And you're fixing to get even, but you go to God and go, I'm tired of being sick. So you go, you fix it. And be quiet. 
Okay, come on. Thank you. I'm, I mean, I got one amen up here in the front. I'm just going to see if I can get two. <laughs> Joyce Meyer said something one time, set me free. She said, I had to learn to shut up. You can ask Lisa and a few other people in this church. There was a time, anytime you said something, there would be a rebuttal. <laughs> and it's hard to get one out of me now. You do something stupid, I go, ah, Father, take care of them. You know why? I don't know why you did it. You might be having a bad day. You, you might be insecure yourself. You might be under condemnation yourself. What you really need is just somebody that has a little bit of patience and will love you even though you're acting like a jerk. Have you ever read scripture, do to others as you, as you, no, no, you didn't ever read that. Do unto others. Do unto others. In other words, stop and go. How do I want to be treated when I'm acting like a jerk? I, I told Lisa the one time, I said, screaming at me when I'm being a jerk, don't do any good. You just make me matter. I don't change because you scream at me. But I will change if you're kind because that bothers me. It is very hard to digest kindness when you've been a jerk. Lisa and I have a word around our house, we're going to kill them with kindness. Now, this, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. When he was reviled, wah! He, what? Not back. He went. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Chapter 3, verse 9. Oh, I could read it all. Let's read 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, have compassion on one another as brothers, tend to heart to be courteous. Do not return evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. When you first do it, it's, you're like, it's going to kill me. It's not. It's the funnest thing you ever did in your life is to do something nice for someone to mean. I, I got to tell you a story. I've always got stories. When I worked construction, there was a guy there named Charlie. I wore a windbreaker to work. When the wind quit blowing around 1 o'clock in the afternoon and it warmed up, I took my windbreaker off and I hung it on the scaffolding. Charlie put it on. I said, Charlie, take my windbreaker off. He said, I found it. I said, Charlie, take the windbreaker off. He said, Morgan, I found this. Take it off me. Now, if you knew me, I will come off the scaffold and I will take it off of you. I'll get fired. Lisa will want to know why I acted like a jerk. And Charlie's going home different. Now, that's Daryl, the old Daryl. That's the old Daryl. And I prayed, and I said, God, now this, I'm reading the scriptures, and I don't like them. But now I'm calling myself a doer of the word. And now you're asking me to stand here and be humiliated and let someone take my coat. 
I can afford another one. But it's the principle. All right. So the Lord said, give him the coat. I said, I ain't giving him no coat. And then I argued with him for a few more minutes. And I said, Lord, what? what? I, I want my coat back. I believe I received my coat in Jesus' name. And the Lord said, give it to him. It took, me, it took me about five minutes and three times before I finally said, Charlie, you know I'm a Christian. I'm not going to come down there and take the coat off you. But if you need one that bad, I'm going to give it to you. He took my coat off and said, I don't need no charity from no honky. And he gave me my coat back. That's a little better than whipping him. Are y'all getting this? That was the day I went, that actually worked. God's not out for you to get taken advantage of. Nobody took advantage of Jesus. I mean, they killed him and he came back. I mean, you just can't. Are y'all listening? See, you, you, you're going to have to believe in God. Do y'all get that? That's the key here. If God is for me, say it. Who can be against me? If God is on my side, if he did not withhold Jesus, how will he not with him freely give me all things? Nobody's, nobody's taking your money. Nobody, nobody's harming you. Nobody can harm you. If you're going to walk in the spirit, nobody can harm you. But you got to stay here and not here, guys. That's Satan pulling you into the flesh so he can rip you off and rob you and steal from you and make you sick and kill you early. And you got to understand, you have an enemy. I'm doing better. I'm doing pretty good right now. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his flesh. Arm yourself with the same mind, for he who suffers in his flesh has ceased from sin. Are y'all getting this? You're going to walk in love. Your flesh is going to scream. Oh, I hate this. I got to be nice to them. I was standing in line today at Lowe's. I've been studying this scripture today to preach. A guy turned to me and said, Please move back. I just don't really like people talking to me like that. No, no, I'm kidding. I had just got through reading this. And I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry. And I gave him his six feet. And I, I was thinking of what to say as he left. And I zipped my lip. Have y'all suffered? And then I want somebody to say this. Isn't this really a better way? 
It actually is. All right. Um, I've got to tell you another story. There's a guy named Carl Avon, and right after I got born again, I started attending a Bible study in Athens where we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the evidence speaking in tongues. Carl was Baptist, and he shows up with his wife to the Bible study, and he heard I was coming. It was only for women, but she let me come. Judy let me come, so Carl got to come too. Well, Judy's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence speaking in tongues, and Carl stood up and, and pulled out all of his Baptist theology and started tearing the Bible study up. Not with me in the room, he didn't, because I told him to shut up. I did. I said, let me tell you something. You need to just take your non-tongue-talking Baptist self, and you just march it right outside and shut up. I mean, there was no reason for him to come in there and tear up a Bible study. Who's right with it? And see, now me and him got into it. But I'm right, because I speak in tongues, and he don't know nothing about it. Y'all ain't never done anything like this in your life, have you? So when I got home that night, I decided to pray for Carl. And I went to the Lord and I said, Father, that Baptist guy. And immediately the Lord said, are you referring to my son? I said, no, sir. (laughs) This is a true story. I said, I am talking about that Baptist. Because the Bible says if you don't speak in tongues, you're not even saved. That's the way I read it. He didn't believe he was speaking in tongues. He said, he ain't even born again. Now, I've already got him in hell because he don't agree with me. I said, no, sir, I'm not. I'm talking about that Baptist guy. He said, you're referring to my son. I said, no, sir. I mean, I got real mad at God. I said, no, 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 I'm not referring to your son, no son in the room. I'm talking about that heathen guy that came in and I told the Bible study. I didn't tear up the Bible study, but he did. I'm going to help us. And I said, no, sir. He says, that man is my son. I said, well, you're going to have to show me that in the Bible. And he did. That's when I found out Baptists could actually be born again, even though they didn't speak in tongues. And then the Lord said something to me, because I I used to do something. I don't do it anymore. And anytime I wanted to learn a scripture, I had um, a wood burning tool, and I would write pencil, I'd write scriptures out on a piece of pine board. You know, and, and, and draw the lines and then write the whole scripture out. And, and I'm talking about big, huge boards with a, with a whole lot of scripture on it. And then I would take it and, and stain it and shellac it and hang it on the wall. And the Lord said, I want you to give him that. I said, I just finished that. I just made that. For me... To learn scripture, which I'm not doing. (laughs) Do you have any idea? I went to his house, and on the way there, I said, God, I pray he's not home. I did. I mean, I felt like a Jehovah Witness knocking on a door. I I mean, I've I've got to apologize to a Baptist. Who's nowhere near as spiritual as I am. Are y'all out there? Y'all, y'all, y'all did this picture. So I'm standing there and I ring the doorbell and he opens the door and I'm going, oh, you did not answer any of my prayers. 
And I mean, it was like the Lord told me to pop, 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 pop. I'm sorry. And I honestly said, Carl, um, you came in the other day. You and I may not agree, but we tore up Judy's and, and, and I need to apologize to you. And he said, hey, thank you. And he brought me in and, you know, nice to me. And then he took my gift and I went home. But I knew I had done what I needed to do. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who spite. I, know, I knew I needed to start learning a little bit of humility. Yes. Came back to the Bible study and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he went to Ramah. And what do you think would have happened? Had said, y'all understand that this this was it. It turned out for good. Now, a man said something to me one time, and I don't ever want you to forget it. It's better to love than to be right. Man, that was a hard thing for me to hear because I'm always right. Some of y'all are too, aren't you? I'm always right. I told Lisa that one day. I said, I'm always right. All right, Romans 8, 31. We read that. Go to Romans 12 now. If God is for me, go to Romans 12. This, is this all right? I want my prayers answered. Do you? You, you, you know, this is a commandment to love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. All of the Bible hangs on these two commandments. And I think most of us in this room struggle with this to one degree or another because of our flesh. We, it's not you. you. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. You have the love of God in you. You're not, you're, you are really not a bad person. But you have to realize my flesh is not always happy with people. All right. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living what? And I'm going to tell you what that says in the Greek. Kill it. Kill it, baby. Kill it. You got emotions. You need to kill them. It's not okay to go around all the time mad, angry, discouraged, Spouting off. It's not okay. It's selfish. It's selfish. I, I tell you this. I think families, I think our kids probably get tired of hearing us run our mouths. And then seeing us in church worshiping God. I'm becoming really, I'm, I'm starting to read this enough that I'm starting to become aware I would love to tell you I've arrived. I haven't. But I ha I'm going to say what Andrew said. I've left. I'm, I'm way further along than where I was. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't always get the victory over this the moment it happens. Sometimes I have to go back and get my Bible out, read it again, sit there and pray. Do you really want me to do this? Change the scripture now if it be thy will. And then after you, let me tell you something to help you. 
Be thankful. You know, whenever you're mad, you've forgotten what he did. So sometimes I stop and go, I'm glad I'm saved and not going to hell. I'm glad that I have the Holy Ghost. I thank God I have this church. I thank God that I haven't run everybody off. I thank God that he's still in me and believes in me. I thank God for the blood that's washed my sins away. It doesn't take long talking to yourself like that before. The thing you're thinking about someone else did is not that big. Like, little. What am We're the ones that are making mountains out of molehills. If you've been doing it a long time, it's not easy to, it's not easy to change this barge, guys. Now, now, some of y'all are praying. We've been praying for you, Pastor, that you'll change in a long time. Well, I really appreciate that. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. The Greek word's worship. Putting your flesh under is worship to God. You, because the only reason you're going to do it is faith in God. He's going to take care of me. He sees this, I, he's got me. Now, he loves the person you're mad at also. And you've got to remember that. All right. Um, Hebrews 5.8, go over there. I think we're doing good for time. Is this, is this good? Um, I, st- I named this What Love Ain't because what it ain't sometimes is better than what it is. Okay, okay. I'm going to turn you loose in a minute and you can go home. And have it your way. Hebrews 5. Now, now this, okay. Got, let's read 7. Who in the days of his flesh, Jesus, when he offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear. And though he was a son, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Say me too. God put you with people for a reason. They're going to get on your nerves. But they're going to show you the real you. Now, let me talk to these Bible school students for a moment. These river guys and these Karis guys. There's a Bible scripture that says knowledge puffs. You're, you don't, you're not a mature believer because you went to Bible school. If you can't even stay in a church, you will never grow up. Well, they didn't give me what I wanted. What Bible school did you just go to? Y'all want to know how many times I've heard that? Well, I went to so-and-so. Well, then you should have learned by now. That there's more than knowledge of healing and who you are in Christ required. 
It might be, won't you kill your old bad attitude and get in here and serve somebody? The world's not about you and your Bible school knowledge. Are y'all out there? You know, one of the hardest things is just to get, there's, I think 20% of people go to church serve. Where's the other 80% of you? You're selfish. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? You're not going to grow up. Get in, find a place to go to work, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he'll lift you up. Jesus learned obedience. God, remember I told you about him putting me on an all-black crew? That's one of the best things God ever did. I mean, when you're a white guy and everybody around you is black, you are going to change. Thank y'all. <laughs> they did too. The one, the, the guy that was the Black Panther ended up pastoring a church. Got born again. Lisa and I got him right with God and filled with the Holy Ghost. But listen, you, God put me in a very uncomfortable place. Nod and look spiritual. Some of y'all are going, me too. I hope your job is not all that. I hope you work with a bunch of heathen. Because you're the change agent there if you'll walk in love. There is not a devil in hell to stop the glory of God on the inside of you from shining. But you're going to suffer if you're going to work in the world. You be living like Jesus in the world. You can't just go, oh God, I was going to all get saved so I have a good job. Well, he'll move you. <laughs> I've had some bosses. Wow. So have you. Well, we got some, we got a minute. Proverbs 13, 10. Let's go over there and then I'll, I'm going to try to close. Let me see this other one. James 3. Are you all all right? If I give you a reference point tonight, start looking at the me and start killing that guy. Your marriage and everything else will be better, way better off. Okay. I said Proverbs 13, 10, pop it on the screen. Look at this. I love the King James says only. Only. By pride comes nothing but strife. That's the new King James. Put the, put the King James up there. I want to. Only by pride comes contention. You can't, nobody can make you mad without you protecting self. You see that? All right. When you're in a verbal fight, there's pride in the room. Pride comes before a fall. Haughtiness before destruction. So only by pride comes contention, quarreling, arguing, fighting. That's not easy to live, easy to preach, but it's not easy to live this. Because I got news for you. Some of you are going to use 1 John 1, 9 after tonight. Two or three times this week. Amen? 
Now, I, I told you to go to um, James, and, and I, there, yeah, now I remembered why. I want you to read this. If you've got bitter envy and self-seeking, self-seeking in your heart, don't boast against this truth. This wisdom is not coming from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. Now, let me make a statement to you. You're throwing a fit. You're attracting demons. You're attracting sickness. Some of you people watching me online, if you'll get over being offended, you get healed. Don't wait and everybody around you agrees with you. Why don't you love them whether they agree with you or not? That's sad. We call ourselves Christians in America today. Now, I, I told you this, I, I've quit this church more than you have. Because I was here longer to quit. But I'll tell you this, there's times I went home and I went, I ain't never going back. I ain't going back down to that church. I I'm going to find me somebody that loves God. I am not going back down there. Those people are knuckleheads. They'll do what we ask. Nursery worker calls in at, 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 at Sunday Saturday night and says, I can't make it. My family came to town. Well, you lying dog. You gave your word you'd be here. Now we got to bring all the kids in. And then you got three people on the worship team decided to go to Disney that day. And then you got somebody calling you up and cussing you out because you said something last week they didn't agree with. And then, you know, after a while, you're just like, well, let's take this church and stick it. And you go get right with God and get you a good sermon. And if he loves me, loves these people, and you just grow up. Yeah. Now, I don't, I'm not like that now at all. I want you all to know that. Lisa will tell you. He's, I actually love coming down here, and I, and I think all of you all have wings on your back and are full of Jesus. And I really do. I really, my whole, but it took, it took a few years. But it's because I stuck. I didn't mean, just run the first time I had a problem. Do you think the next church I went to would have been any better? No, because the problem was me. Listen, let me finish reading this. Where there's envy and self-seeking, confusion and every evil thing are there. What do you think you're bringing in? The wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, willing to yield. Now, I'm going to say one thing. i got three minutes. I'm going to give you a word, ladies, you hate. Submission. <laughs> Pastor, don't cuss around us. You're submitting for the sake of the Lord. Why don't you trust God with him? There's a lot of times I've at work, my boss gave me something to do. I, I told him, I said, this is just stupid. He said, do it anyway. Now, I'm going to tell you one of them real quick. I'm living in a Popkin. I'm working in Altamont building the building. And he wants me to come to Kissimmee every morning and so he'll know I'm here. I said, I will call you. Morgan, shut up and come in. 
I got to drive to Kissimmee. Randy, I'm here. Morgan, go to Altamont. And when you leave, bring the mixture back. Do I get paid for it? No, you don't. Y'all ain't never worked in the world before. Y'all, I'm sorry. I know y'all ain't never. And people are just mean. And, and, you know, I got this revelation. I think God is training me to do what I'm told. So one day I got my attitude and changed it. I said, Father, I have had a stubborn, rebellious attitude toward Randy for months. And I'm going to apologize to him today. Randy, ever since you told me to come, I've been giving you fits, and I want to apologize. He said, Morgan, go to Altamont in the morning. <laughs> That's what I've been saying all along. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he did you good tonight. Does this, does this help? Does this? I'm going to close with this one statement. We're not going to get this because we came here tonight. Do y'all know this? this? You're not going to go home and be super saint. Oh, no. All I did was open up a can of worms, and now the devil's going to come steal this word, and somebody's going to get on your nerves before 24 hours is up. It is true. Are you willing to trust God? You're going to need to open the scriptures to open to 1 Peter and leave it there for the next month. You're going to need it. When Jesus was reviled, he reviled not back. Folks, listen, find you some of these scriptures and start practicing them. Put your flesh under. God will lift you up. And that's what you're wanting, isn't it? Yeah. You ready for me to pray? Father, I thank you for that everybody in this room tonight that endured this. None of us love hearing that we're going to suffer. I mean, I don't think any of us. I didn't enjoy studying for it either. Because I had to put it into practice at Lowe's. Father, every one of us need to, though. Because our health and our well-being is totally dependent on this. You loved us like we were. And you didn't, you didn't put any qualifications on it. You're asking us to be this way. Love is serving. If we're going to serve, our flesh is not going to enjoy that. And that's why there's a problem in the church today. Because flesh is ruling too many of us, too many of our lives. We're living self-centered lives. I'm asking you to start helping us to deal with this. And, and Father, I may have to preach on this again another six to eight weeks from now. It'll be all right. We've got the Andy Griffin. We'll put it back up, Father. We'll put it back up. Help us as we walk out here tonight to be a lot more loving and a lot less self-centered than when we walked in. And Father, we're trusting you to fix stuff that we can't fix. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.